0: Thank you for joining us for the True Life Fellowship Church podcast. Here is today's message from Pastor Devon Alexander. Over the past several months, we've been discussing faith. We have went through a wonderful series all about faith, and I encourage you to go back and to listen to those messages. They will bless you. And as we open our Bibles this morning, let's start in Hebrews 11 and we're going to look at Hebrews 11 verse 1. I want to review a little bit about what faith is and how faith grows and how faith works so that we can use our faith in our daily life. And so Hebrews 11:1 it says, "Now faith is faith is now. So now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith pulls things that we are hoping for out of the spirit realm into our physical realm. It is manifestation. It is when we are releasing our faith and we receive manifestation. Romans ten 17, let's take a look there. We know what faith is, And now you need to know how faith comes. How do you grow your faith? Pastor Devon has been teaching on this for months. That faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So faith is going to come by what you are listening to. So if we are listening to the Word of God and we are listening to anointed uh, messages, our faith in God is going to grow. If we are listening to things that bring fear and worry and anxiety, then that is going to grow our faith in the things of the world. What you give your attention to Is what's going to grow in your spirit. And so when we listen to the words that are coming out of our mouth, it tells us how much word level we have within us. What are we speaking on a daily basis? Not just when we're here at church. It's very easy for each and every one of us on a Sunday to declare, by his stripes I am healed. But what are you doing the other six days? Are you posting on social media? Are you calling up your friend? Are you telling everybody that will listen how defeated you are? How sick you are? Complaining and complaining. Because what is coming out of your mouth is really what is in your heart. And so that's what you truly believe. So where is your faith? Is your faith in the word of God? Or is your faith in people and the things of this world? Let's take a look at Matthew 12, 34. I want to focus on just this verse, the very um, ending, and then we're going to go back and read some more verses in this chapter. It says, For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. What is truly in your heart is going to come out of your mouth. Jesus said this. When you are pressed and pressure is upon you and you are squeezed on every side, something's going to come out. It's just like a ketchup bottle. If you squeeze it hard enough, well, ketchup's coming out. When things of this world squeeze you, something's going to come out, and we need it to be the Word of God. Life and death is in the power of our tongue. When we are squeezed, we need life coming out. I hear stories all the time of, you know, like pilots or accidents that happen, and they're going back and they're listening to the audio. And it saddens me to hear some of the things that these people, the last thing they said, that came out of their mouth. When you're in a situation, you need the Word of God coming out of your mouth. And the Word of God is not going to come out of your mouth if you're not putting it in. If you don't know what the Word says... If you're relying on the words of your pastor or a family member and you don't have that true relationship with Jesus and you're not letting the Spirit of God lead you and the Word of God actually be in your word because you've opened your Bible throughout the week, you're not going to have the Word of God coming out of your mouth. And so let's go back in chapter 12, and we're going to go to 33. And I'm going to read Matthew 12, 33 through 37, And this is Jesus speaking. This is not just somebody making these words up. This is Jesus, our Savior, is speaking and telling us how important our words are. It says, either make the tree good and its fruit good, or else make the tree bad and its fruit bad. For a tree is known by its fruit. Broad of viper. So he had no Jesus had no problem calling people out (laughs) how are you being evil speak good things for out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks what he is saying there is he is calling them hypocrites and every single one of us has had an opportunity or a tendency to be a hypocrite by standing and saying, I believe that God meets my needs and then we are going to worry all week long about how that bill is going to be paid. Now this is not guilt and condemnation, but this is saying, Jesus said, don't worry, I'm going to take care of you. What he's telling us when he corrects us is, hey, there's something inside of you that is not from me. Go back to the word and get more of the word in you so that your words will change. He goes on to say, let's take a look at, yep, 35. It says, a good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things, and an evil man out of the evil treasure bring forth evil things. But I say to you that for every idle word men may speak, they will give account of it in the day of judgment. For by your words, you will be justified, and by your words, you will be condemned. This is the New Testament lining up with the Old Testament. Life and death is in the power of your tongues. Out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth is going to speak. This, is just, this may be a silly example, but if I um, invited Sierra to my house, and I said, I want to show you my garden, and I take her to this garden bed, and I say, look at all the squash. This is, I love this squash plant. And she's looking at it and all she sees is cucumbers. And, I, and she's like, Jeannie, this is cucumbers. And I said, no, it's squash. And I show her the package and it has squash seed, seeds in it. And I'm like, this is squash. And she's like, it's cucumbers. That's a silly example, but that's what we do when we declare that we are a, a child of God. We are a believer in Jesus, but we walk around with the things of the world on us. It's when Jesus looked at that fig tree, and I used to think, like, Jesus, that was harsh. Like, why did you curse the fig tree to completely wither up? It said Jesus was hungry. We should be hungry for the word of God. And he's traveling. He's hungry. He sees this tree that is bearing the leaves. It is bearing a resemblance of being able to give something. But when he got there, it did not have fruit. It was a hypocrite, so to say. And so we walk around and we have all the labels and we have all the things on us that say, hey, I'm a Christian. But when we open our mouth and our words do not align with the word of God, we are just like that fig tree that has no fruit. So Jesus says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak. The reason I am focusing so much on our words today is because we have been learning so much about faith, and we have been learning what faith is and how to grow our faith, and today the title of this message is The Good Fight, because now you have to take that faith and the things we've been learning, and now you have to fight the good fight of faith. You have to do something with what God is entrusting you. And so, as we've been talking about um, faith, I want to also address fear, because the thing about fear that I have been just really studying for a year now, and I'm, I'm hearing other Christians say, is Christians have this mindset that if they feel fear, that they're less of a Christian. The Bible doesn't say that. Now, God does not give you a spirit of fear. He gives you power, and he gives you love, and he gives you a sound mind. But the enemy, Satan, he will send a spirit of fear to you. And the thing is, is when he sends that spirit of fear to you, and you feel all the things of fear, he'll then send you condemnation and guilt and say, look at you. You were fearful. You were afraid. You're less of a Christian. You're a hypocrite. But you're not a hypocrite when you feel fear, but you still follow God. We can feel all the effects of fear. We can have our hands shaking, our voice crackling. We can be sweating, but we can still say, I feel these things, but I'm still going to do what God has called me to do. Sometimes we have to do things afraid. That does not mean we have a lack of faith. That means we have an enemy who's coming to stop you. And you take the word of God that you've been planting in you and you open up your mouth and you fight the good fight of faith. That is why your words better align with the word of God because you're in a fight and your words matter. And the thing is, it's only your fight. Your fight is not the same as my fight. If you think about runners, and I'm going to use this example because I love to run, and there's actually a lot of runners in this congregation when you go to a race, it doesn't matter what anybody else's training has been. It matters your training. It, rem- it, it matters how well you have went out and actually did your training runs. Have you been doing your workouts? Have you been eating the right food? It doesn't matter what this other person ate the, the morning of the race. What did you eat? Have you been drinking your water? Did you get enough rest? It's your race. Jesus uses that analogy in the Word. He says that you're going to run this race. Well, it's the same thing with our faith. We have our own fight, and your fight is not the same as mine. But you have to make sure you're individually putting the Word of God in your heart. I speak to the youth a lot of times, and I tell my own children, it does not matter what your mom and dad have playing in the house if it's the word of God or if you're there reading the Bible, you have to read the Bible for yourself. You're not making it to heaven on mom and dad's faith. You have to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And we set that atmosphere, but at the end of the day, it's each and every one of our choice what we're going to do with what God has entrusted us. And so I do want to talk about fear in that sense. And I want to think about Esther and David And Daniel and the Hebrew boys. You think about that. These are not fables. These are not fairy tales. These are real people, just like you and I. They were thrown into the den with real lions. They stood before a fire and watched the person turning the heat up go up into flames. Do you not think they felt a certain way? You think of Esther when she walked in before the king, she felt fear. David, he goes up before this giant who's been annihilating the people. They felt fear, but the thing they did was they were walking by faith and not by sight. When Moses was standing before the sea and the enemy was behind him, he chose to not look by sight, but by faith, and the seas were parted. And that is what we do when we fight the good fight of faith. And we release the words of our mouth um, mixed with the word of God. We are fighting the good fight of faith. And another thing that um, the Lord has really been putting on my heart is that fear, the spirit of fear, not only can it stop us in following God, but it becomes an idol in so many of our life. You know, if I was to say, do you you worship an idol? Each and every one of us in here would say no. But is that true? Have we allowed a spirit of fear to become an idol in our life? That we have allowed it to be in more importance than what God has said. If God has told you to do something, And you have bowed to that spirit of fear. And you said, I'm not going to step out and do it. I'm too afraid. That is when you have bowed to an idol of fear. But you are fighting the good fight of faith when you are walking by faith and not by sight. When you look at a situation and God has spoken to you. And you said, I'm choosing to follow God even if I feel afraid. I'm going to say this. I'm going to pray for this person even if I feel like I'm a fool right now. I'm going to step out of my comfort zone, and I'm going to do something for God. Pastor Devon has taught on this multiple, multiple times, about that there's three types of people. I am going to change it just a tiny bit from battle to fight, Um, but there are three types of people. There is one that is entering into a fight. There is another one that is in the middle of a fight. And then the last one is someone who has came out of a fight. So I'll help catch you up in that sense. It means we're going to fight. We're going to have to fight. We're not getting out of it. There is a fight that you are going to have to fight. And you have to know your enemy before you go into this fight. So think of an MMA fighter, a boxer, a college wrestler. If they don't know their opponent or they can't see their opponent when they start a fight, they're going to find out who their opponent is really, really quick because they're going to be defeated. They're going to be knocked out if they don't know who their opponent is. Every single one of these athletes, they know their, their opponent, their enemy. They have studied them a lot of times. They've studied past, um, past fights. They know them. And your enemy knows you. But do you know who your enemy is? Let's take a look at Ephesians 6, verse 12. It says, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. It is so. And we can leave that verse up there because I want to just touch on this. It is so easy to wrestle with flesh and blood because we can see them. But we're talking about a spiritual faith fight. It is so easy, and I am the first to say it is so easy when there is someone saying things about you, they're doing things to you, um, they're doing something to your family. It is so easy to want to retaliate, to defend yourself, but we have to know our true enemy is against principalities against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Our enemy is not flesh and blood. We know that our enemy is Satan. And a lot of Christians nowadays, I feel like shy away from this message. They don't want to talk about Satan. They don't want to talk about hell. But it's real. And we better start talking about it. Because eternity's here. It's coming. The Bible tells us some things that are going to happen. And people need to know the love of God. They need to know that Jesus died for them and saved them. He saved them from an enemy. He didn't just save them. He saved them. Let's not leave that out. He saved them from hell. And our enemy, you may not know much about him, but he knows about you. He knows about you, and he is ruthless. He doesn't care your age. He doesn't care your gender. He does not care your race. He cares to only steal, kill, and destroy because he wants to hurt God. And the biggest thing to hurt God, just like with us, is to go after his children. And if he—he doesn't really care if you even go to heaven— But he doesn't want you taking others with you. He wants to shut you up. And so this enemy of ours, he's studied you. He's had all of history to study you. He knows your likes and dislikes. He knows the buttons to push. And he'll put people across your path. And that's why God reminds us all the time, your enemy is not flesh and blood. It is these principalities and these powers and wickedness. And so we have to remember that. And so as we're in this fight of faith, I'm going to show you today some practical examples, and I want us to be active today, of how do we fight. So you know you're going to have to fight. You know you have an enemy. But how do you fight? How do you fight the good fight of faith? We are going to open our mouth and activate our words of faith this morning so Ephesians 6 we're going to go back to verse 10 and we're going to read all the way through this and I don't want you to zone out while we're reading this I want you to really focus on the words um, in this passage it says finally my brethren be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might I'm going to stay right there for just a minute it's not you and your own strength fighting God is right there with you When Moses went through the Red Sea, God was with him. When Esther went before the king, God was with her. David, Daniel, their Hebrew children, those that decided to walk by faith and not by sight, those that said, I might feel fear, but I'm still going to do this, they did this because they knew who went with them. The Word says that you're going to go through fire but you're not going to be burned. You're going to go through the rivers, but you're not going to drown because you know who goes before you. He's not going to leave you. He's with you. And so we know now that we are going to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Verse 11 says, put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. So we know our enemy, and we know that we're going to put on something. We're going to do something so we can stand against him. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of the sage, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places, with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Let's stay right there for just a minute in 16. When it says, take the shield of faith, which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one, you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one if you have your shield of faith up, if you've been getting in the word of God and building your faith. So remember, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So, if you have that faith in you, it's just like that soldier that has that shield up. We wouldn't go into a battle with our shield down. So, you have to realize there are um, conditions to what the Lord is telling you. Okay, we can go to verse 17. It says, And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. So if we go back, let's go back to verse um, 17. It says, "In the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Here the Lord has told you how to put on all the pieces of armor that is to protect you. And then he tells you what you're going to do to fight your enemy. This is what you're going to use to fight the good fight of faith. You're going to use the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. So again, when you're squeezed in situations, what's coming out of you? Is it the Word of God? Because what you're saying is your sword. Every time you speak the Word of God, you're swinging your sword in that spirit realm. We have to believe this. We have to see this. We can't just say, I'm just going to say the Word of God and see if it works. Do you really believe what you're saying and that it has power and it has impact and influence in people's lives and in your life? It says the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. So when things come up and you are in this fight, I want to show you practical ways today of how you're going to use your sword. And that is literally opening your Bible and you're going to find promises in the word of God. I don't, you can write them down, you can put them on your mirror, in your bathroom, on your refrigerator, and you say that. No matter what is going on around you, you're not a hypocrite because you are walking by faith and not by sight. So we say, let's take healing, for example. If you have something going on in your body, if you have something going on in your mind, um, you have a negative report. You go to the Word of God and you say, Spirit of Wisdom. Revelation, give me what I need to speak over my situation. And you say, by his stripes, by Jesus' stripes, I am healed. And then you imagine every stripe that went on Jesus' back. Every stripe that they whipped him, that was for your healing. And you take it. I thank you, Lord, that the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead... That resurrection power, it dwells in me and it quickens my mortal body. Some people may say, Well, this sounds foolish. If you've been given a report where it's life or death and they've told you you have two months, you're not going to think it's foolish. You're going to do this with intensity. But why do we wait until the enemy has almost just crushed us to that last point to get serious with God? Why can't we do it now? Faith is now. Don't wait. Faith is now the same power that raised Christ from the dead. It dwells within me and it quickens my mortal body. I shall live and not die, and I will declare the works of the Lord. And it doesn't matter what other people think. You could say this in your home, in your car, whatever, but it really doesn't matter because, like I said, they're not in the fight that you're in. It could be financial provision, it could be a change in a business or a job. And you say, I thank you, Father, that God, you supply all of my needs according to your riches in glory by Christ Jesus. I thank you, Lord, you are my good shepherd, and I shall not lack, I shall not want. You give me rest. You provide for me. And you can do that even when the bills are piling up, even if there is a job that was lost, because we're walking by faith and we're not walking by sight. We are in the good fight of faith, and we are fighting strong in God's mighty power. It says that, and I confess this, these are not things that I just made up. These are things that I've done. He prepares a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. Wise choices watch over me. These are not things I've made up. I went and I went to the word of God and I've got verses for what I need. If I'm running a business, I need wise choices to watch over me. I'm not responsible just for me. I'm responsible for people that are employed under me. I need wise choices to watch over me. God gives us the power to produce wealth to establish his kingdom. So that right there, that's the word of God saying he's not upset with you being wealthy. He gives you the power to get wealth. He gives you wisdom, creative ideas, but it's to bless his kingdom. What about our children or if you're believing for children? um, I will share just some personal stories. Uh, When Josh and I got married, we had been believing for a child. It had been five years. We were still standing And I was hearing report after report after report that you can't have children. I didn't just make it up. I knew that the Lord spoke to my heart and said, you're going to have a child. You're going to have a daughter. He was very specific. He said, you're going to have a daughter, and this is going to be her name. Now, that's not a name that, you know, when you're growing up, you think, oh, when I have kids. I'm going to name my kid this or that. Rachel was never a name that I picked. And he told me, Rachel Lynn, and I found out that Lynn was a family name on Josh's side. And I did not know that till after his mother had passed away. And so we had been believing and believing, and I was getting that report, and I put these verses up everywhere in our house. And one of it was in Leviticus, and it talked about how he will make you fruitful and multiply you. And I would confess that over and over and over And God, in such his wonderful, loving way, revealed that we were going to have a child on the weekend of Mother's Day. God is so loving. There have been times where we didn't know how we were going to pay a bill, and we were really behind. Josh and I did not come from a wealthy family at all. We were poor. We were very poor. Um, And when we got married, we didn't have anything. And so we would go before the Lord and we would say, Lord, one thing we always did was tithe. And I'm talking, when I say poor, and this is nothing against my family to embarrass them at all, this is to say, look what God can do when you turn your life over. So I live, and nothing wrong with living in what I'm about to describe because you don't have to stay there. So I grew up in a a certain situation and I lived in a single trailer with holes in the floor. And I remember just thinking, this is not God's best. This is not how he would want his children. So I came out of that. And with that came a lot of poverty mindset that I had to renew my mind to what does God say? He says he'll provide for us. And so we would go before the Lord. And Josh and I, when we got married, we said we will always stand on this verse that If we would seek first the kingdom of God, all these things would be added unto us. We had nothing. I was 19. He was 23. We had nothing. But we were tithers. If it was 10 cents, we would put that tithe in there. And God increased every single time. And now when we would do that, we would speak the word of God. We were fighting the good fight of faith. Because if you haven't been poor and you don't know where your next meal's coming from, You better confess the Word of God. You're in a fight. And I would say, I thank you, Lord. You provide all of our needs according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. It's the same thing with children. If you have teenage children or you have adult children, you're calling them back to the Lord because you see that they're not living right. Or if you have young children and you see that they're not acting right. Well, I declare in the name of Jesus that great is the peace and undisturbed composure of my children. When they go to school... Great is their peace and undisturbed composure. I don't care what foolishness is going on around them. My child's not going to act like that. You have to stand your ground. You have an enemy that is out to get you and he wants to get your children and your family. You have to stand and fight the good fight of faith with the word of God. I said, I'm raising my children in the ways of the Lord. When they're older, they're not departing. That's a promise from God. I have stood and I have declared the word of God. They're not departing when they get older. They will follow you all the days of their life and be mighty upon this earth. If you take a look at Psalm, let's, can we pull up Psalms 112? And if you can't get it, that's okay. I'll, I'll pull it up and read it too. So Psalms 112. I want to declare this over you guys today. So Josh and I, this is an example of using the word of God. We have confessed this psalm for 18 years. That's how long we've been married. Um, and when we were confessing the psalm, we didn't have anything in the psalm. But now when I looked at it the other day, I said, Josh, everything in this psalm has been manifesting. It's coming to pass. So Psalms 112, and you can look in your Bibles, you can listen. This is going to be the um, New Living Translation. And I'm going to, there we go. It says, bless the Lord, or praise the Lord. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord. I want you to think about you. Who delights greatly in his commandments. His descendants will be mighty on earth. The generation of the upright will be blessed. Wealth and riches will be in his house. And his righteousness endures forever. Unto the upright there arises light In the darkness, he is gracious and full of compassion and righteous. A good man deals graciously and lends. He will guide his affairs with discretion. Surely he will never be shaken. The righteous will be in everlasting remembrance. He will not be afraid of evil tidings. His heart is steadfast, trusting in the Lord." His heart is established. He will not be afraid until he sees his desire upon his enemies. He has dispersed abroad. He has given to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. His horn will be exalted with honor. The wicked will see this and be grieved. They will gnash their teeth and melt away. The desire of the wicked will perish. So right there, I want to go back, and this is what Josh and I did, and I I encourage you to do this. You get a passage or you get a verse that you're standing on, and you change it to where it is speaking for you. And so what we did, and this is going to be a little bit of a different translation, but Josh and I used to, we've said this, we've prayed this over ourselves again for 18 years. We would say, we are joyful for we fear and respect the Lord. We delight in obeying God. I thank you, Father, that my children are successful everywhere they go. I am not looking by sight. I don't care what any report tells me. My children will be successful everywhere they go. I'm walking by faith. Not by sight, and I am fighting the good fight of faith. I thank you, Lord, that an entire generation of the godly people will be blessed. I'm gonna have blessed grandchildren because my children are gonna follow the Lord. We ourselves will be wealthy. When we confess this, we had nothing, but we were declaring we ourselves will be wealthy. And our good deeds will last forever. Light will shine in the darkness for Josh and I and for us here at True Life. For we are godly, we're generous, we're compassionate, and we are in right standing with God. Good comes to us because we lend money generously. And we conduct our business fairly. Eighteen years ago and today, Josh and I own a business. We didn't have a business. What are we saying with our mouth? What is God putting in your heart? And I'm going to tell you, the way here at True Life, I respect Pastor Devon and Stacy so much because they stand for what they believe the culture here at True Life is supposed to be. And one thing that I tell all my therapists that work with me is that we are people of integrity in this business. Period. They know You can throw the handbook out the window. You're going to be a person of integrity to work here. Because I've been fighting a good fight of faith for 18 years, and God has granted me something in my hand that I'm to bless other people, and we are going to conduct our business fairly. Good comes to those who lend money generously and conduct their business fairly. We will not be overcome by evil, for we are in right standing and we will be long remembered. We do not fear bad news. We confidently trust the Lord to care for us. We are confident and fearless, and we can face our foes triumphantly. This is using the word of God to fight your battles. And it's not like we haven't went through anything. We make decisions all the time that are scary, that we feel fear. But we go before the Lord and we say, okay, God, what would you have us to do? What do you want us to do? Give us wisdom. And when he tells us, we do it. Period. We do it. And there has not been one time that God has failed us. And I can stand here with 100% assurance and tell you, if God has said something to you, and you are putting the word of God in, and you step out in fear, you step out even if the enemy is telling you that you're going to fail, but you're following God, I can 100% assure you, you will not fail. God always shows up. He is not a man that that he lies. He's true to his word. And so the same thing, whatever the situation is that you're going through today, you go to the word of God and you find out what God is speaking to you. You have been listening to the ministry of Devon Alexander, pastor of True Life Fellowship Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. For more information, go to our website at www.truelifefc.org. You can also support this ministry financially through our website. Thank you, and remember to love, learn, live, and lead.